0: You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Today. And away we go. It's the Fantasy Sports Day right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Dan Straffer, George Kurtz with you for the next two hours. Can you set for week number ten in the NFL? Plenty of news to discuss from the injury front. As always, welcome in George. George, how the hell you doing, bud?
1: You know, Dan, I'm I'm still a little ticked off, man. Last week I lost two two fantasy leagues because Golden Tate got that extra buy, and I had to sit him, and I didn't have a really good replacement for him. So I'm still a little upset about this. Well,
0: we'll we'll, we'll work through that today. We'll we'll make sure that you are. Uh, consoled and that you're ready for week time, which I know you are, but we got to get everybody else ready. So I got to get you hyped and, and pumped. And we can talk about Des Bryant here at the top, I guess. And I laugh because um, I want to cry. I feel bad for the guy. Uh, amazing to see the the news come through that he has, in fact, torn an Achilles. Um, that's rough. <laughs> like that, That's a rough way to go to sit out so long. And then uh, to, to, have that happen? I, I mean, fantasy fallout—nothing really, right? I mean, it, it, the implication was you'd be a, a flex tight end for them, and probably was going to come along slowly. But from an NFL standpoint, you're a Cowboys fan. Uh, a reaction to to Des being out with the Achilles.
1: This actually has ramifications all over the place. Okay. Uh, first of all, fantasy fantasy owners were a little silly. I mean, they were going bananas for this guy. Uh, he hasn't been the same player in years. Even if he w- uh, stayed healthy, think about it. He wasn't going to play this week. Maybe he would have had a small package of plays next week. You know, so you're looking at really week 12 before he could have made any kind of impact. And how much impact does anybody really think he was going to make? I mean, uh, he has been good. For, he wasn't good with Dallas for the past couple of years. I know Drew Brees is better than anybody in Dallas has had. That's obvious. But that obviously wasn't going to run through Dez. It was going to run through Kamara, going to run through Michael Thomas. So uh, I didn't understand all the hype about him in the first place. You know, and then. Tears the Achilles, really first practice on a non-contact, just, you know, running a route. Uh I ain't mean, shame. Absolutely shame. Just shame uh, the New Orleans Saints now, are they in the market for another receiver? Cam Meredith, IR. Gin, IR. You know, it's only Michael Thomas now and Trey Smith. That's it. You know, so you wonder, they did bring in Brandon Marshall the other day. And they oh would said that they liked his pro oh his boy. workout. So is he next on the agenda? <laughs> I think he is. So I think the fantasy, owners, listen, if you want to buy in again. You bought it on Des. not work out for you. You may want to pick up Marshall before he gets signed. You know, it's, it's probably first come, first serve at this point in your league, so you can just pick him up for free or a dollar, whatever it might be. So I would grab him now if if, if you're desperate enough. I don't think he's not, once again, I don't think he'll do much. I think he'll just be a, another guy that's there. They need somebody. But uh, if you're desperate enough, you know, and you lost Des and you're all crying and all, maybe you can go out and grab uh, Brandon Marshall and save yourself. Uh, Save yourself a little bit here. Not that, once again, I would not be expecting big things at all, with the exception that at least Marshall did play this year.
0: You uh, make a good point, obviously, uh, and I agree with you. Owners went a little bit crazy (laughs) with uh, going after Dez in a spot, mainly because you weren't getting him to play this week. As I said, next week, you're probably getting uh, a reduced amount of snaps, a reduced amount of targets if they even were there. You say Brandon Marshall, who was the other one that, that came in the same day? Was that Kamar Aiken? Was that the third? I, th- I think that's yes, the third. think Aiken was the third. So and that's another name that's out there. Not saying he's much better than Marshall and or uh, Des Bryant here, but if you are desperate and if you are seeking the, the volume of the Saints offense, simply hoping that it trickles down to whomever they sign, That's another name that's been out there. Um, Obviously, trade deadline has passed, so they're going to have to find someone off the street. And uh, there are guys who've been on their roster before who I don't believe are on other rosters. Someone like Brandon Coleman might be on their practice one. I I need to check that out. Uh, And he played that sort of hybrid tight end role for them, blocking uh, downfield and the like. So could be another name to keep an eye on. We, We get also this news here, George and about Joe Flacco, uh, dealing with a hip injury. It's uh, heading into their bye, so no ramifications this weekend. But obviously, if this is a long-term injury for Flacco, that means it might be Lamar Jackson time. We're getting conflicting reports uh, that it's a possibility they go to him, but it's not a done deal. So, one, I don't even know who their third-string quarterback is there, but... We have to wait for exactly what's going on with Flacco. Surgery could be required, could be prolonged. Rest could be, you know, a couple of weeks he's out, could be rest of season. Who knows at, at present? But what do you make of this situation? Is Lamar Jackson someone you could see yourself streaming at some point this year, or is he simply just so raw from an NFL stand for stand standard? Listen, I love Lamar Jackson in college. You watch him play, he can throw the ball, but I think there's some reading of the defenses that might be, it might be a struggle for him right now, or at least that's what we've heard. What do you make of Lamar Jackson? What do you make of Flacco going down, and how are you handling this situation?
1: Well, first of all, the third string quarterback is Griffin. So, oh, that's so, right. So, uh, I, once again, I don't think he's starting. He's been third string all year long. they have had uh, Lamar Jackson as the number two for a few reasons, mainly because Lamar Jackson has had a, a package of plays each and every game. Griffin really hasn't played. So, I think it would be Lamar Jackson who would start if this, in, this hip injury to Flacco ends up being. Severe, where all of a sudden he's not going to be able to play. Uh, I think they were going to make this change anyway. I think that was coming. Uh, Baltimore has not played well of late. They're falling out of the uh, the playoff picture somewhat. They're not out of it yet. I assume that once they were completely out of it, then the change is definitely made. Flacco's more than likely not coming back next year. Now let's see. Signs really a sweetheart deal. We'll come back to back up Jackson, which I didn't expect. So I think they were going to make this uh, like I said this move anyway now it might be earlier than we thought because of the hip injury and i would have i would think this once that change is made it's made so if flack goes out one week he might as well be out you know one year i don't think they're going to go back to him once again baltimore four four and five so they're not out of the playoff picture they're not but they've lost three in a row you know they're not playing well just that really that hot that hot start to the season here uh do they have anything to lose here Seahawks look like a uh, you know a runaway train right now. They're six two and one. They're taking off. They're not losing. Bengals are ahead of them as well. You look at the playoff picture in the AFC. It's sort of wide open, but Baltimore is behind Miami. Yes, Miami sucks, but they're behind them. You know they're behind Tennessee. Uh, they're behind the Chargers. This is of, of the wild card teams, not even the division leaders. So like I said they're not out of it, but you know is it time to make that change? You know, so I think the Lamar Jackson would be the quarterback there do you want him you asked I don't think you really want him in one quarterback leagues quarterback is deep I can't see it where you need you're going to start Lamar Jackson next week I mean how desperate would you have to be super flex leagues and two quarterback leagues yes we can talk about putting Lamar Jackson there I'll admit I checked all my leagues for his availability in two quarterback leagues or leagues in which you could start two quarterbacks I didn't see if he was out there. I didn't make any claims, and even though my both my home leagues, he's available, I think he's been claimed now, but uh, I decided not to make the move because I didn't really have anybody I wanted to drop for Lamar Jackson. I already had three quarterbacks in each league, so that's where I am with Lamar Jackson. I think he will struggle. I think you said it right. I think reading defenses will be a chore for him. I think he can throw the ball. I think he can run, but I think reading defenses will be a problem, as it is for most rookie quarterbacks, and he'll be up. And down, up and down. So uh, you want to grab him? Fine, but I think he's a wait and see prospect for me. I you have to, you have to grab him now before his price gets too high. Yeah, you know, once again, we're in first come, first serve territory. You wait till next week. He's in Fab, his his price going to go up. So I certainly would grab if you need a quarterback. But it's unlikely, depending on what else you have on your roster, that I'm automatically starting him in week eleven.
0: Right, and that makes total sense. I think uh, a situation here, as you point out, two quarterback league, super flex, whatever you might be playing that makes him viable. If you're in a situation where Lamar Jackson in a single quarterback league is your best option, I assume your season's not going very well. <laughs> like you know, We're at a point where uh, maybe it's time to close up shop and look forward to uh, fantasy fo- uh, baseball as that rolls around uh, in January. But I- I'm obviously injury. I'm intrigued by what you said, though. I agree with you that Flacco is gone at the end of the year, but... If Jackson's in there, that that's that's pretty much it. The, no reason for him to come back. No reason for them to switch over to uh, Flacco again. If Lamar Jackson's under center, or you know, obviously more and more quarterbacks in the shotgun. But you get what I'm saying. Uh, I, I'm intrigued by Lamar Jackson, the prospect and what he might be able to do in the NFL. The skill set is there. Watch him a lot in college. He is a dynamic athlete, playing quarterback. Um, that I think can grow into being a very solid uh, NFL quarterback as the years go on. Just wondering if the Ravens will have the patience uh, if he does struggle uh, with, uh, you know, Griffin, I, I don't think is the future either, obviously. But uh, uh, a fun uh, story to talk about in that uh, getting another rookie uh, potentially taking snaps and uh, getting uh, their feet wet in the National Football League, I should say, you know, regular snaps. Obviously, he's had that uh, sort of wildcat Uh, package that he's run for the Ravens which they've run at the strangest times I understand they've struggled on offense George but there were multiple times last week where they brought him in in like the red zone with no real threat to pass and I get it I get that the wildcat worked and I get that there's still some viability to the read pass option but if you're not going to pass, George, like you're not fooling the defense and you're not even showing that potential or that possibility. Uh, it was pretty crazy to watch. Do you think that he has the opportunity to be a good NFL quarterback? Do you believe that Lamar Jackson has shown enough in college uh, that you think he is a prospect that you would have wanted your team to well, maybe not the Cowboys, but a team to draft or were you against Jackson as a first round uh, quarterback uh, this uh, past draft?
1: No, I had no problem with uh, Baltimore trading up for him, getting back into the first round grabbing him. It, co- NFL's a quarterback-driven league. You, know, you have to have one. And if you don't, you got problems. I think Baltimore knew Flacco. <laughs> he was going down. It wasn't happening. The last couple of years, we've seen that. So you, ha- you have to take a chance. Now, in a perfect world, was he a top 32 talent? Nah, maybe not. You know, Maybe not. But we see this over and over again. How many of these quarterbacks that we see go first overall really aren't the best overall player? Baker Mayfield wasn't the best overall player in this year's draft. That was Saquon Barkley. But teams are going to take a quarterback because you cannot win without one. Giants sort of find that out the hard way. Barkley's great. You're one and seven. I mean, you can't win without a quarterback in this day and age. You mentioned I'm a Cowboy fan. Dak Prescott's not a franchise quarterback. That's fairly easy to see. It's been three years now. Uh, you know, he great first year, last year is not so good. He doesn't make anyone better around him. Maybe he will in time, but it's not happening right now. And the Cowboys are suffering because of it. And we can go on and on through all uh, NFL teams. If you don't have a franchise quarterback, uh, maybe I shouldn't say that. Maybe not franchise quarterback, maybe too strong a word. If you don't have a good NFL quarterback, you're not going anywhere. Right. I think you're com- just not, not in today's game.
0: I think competent is the word I'll use. And Eli Manning has been anything but uh, on the year for the Giants, um, and it is, you know, what you said is absolutely spot on, right? That the NFL is driven by quarterbacks. It's a passing league right now. And uh, that doesn't mean, though, that the top overall talent in a draft will go one overall. Uh, teams are going to try to find that quarterback. And uh, Evan Silva is somebody who, uh, if you're listening to the show, you should know who he is, obviously, uh, from his fantasy analysis and football analysis. But as always said, he goes the biggest um Advantage in the NFL is a good to great quarterback on their rookie contract. Um, and that is what we're seeing more and more of, of these teams going to the rookie earlier, trying to get them up to speed, uh, trying to add the pieces quickly. That makes sense. Um, you know, the Jets are really going to try to push Darnold fast. Uh, you're seeing it with Rose in Arizona because of injury, but um, you see it with Goff, obviously, right now, what the, the Rams are doing. Uh, is based off of a lot of the salary cap relief you get when you're playing uh, that quarterback on their first rookie contract. We have uh, a ton of games to get through. We'll go game by game. As we always do, uh, we'll talk about uh, each and uh, every play that you may or may not have to do. Um, We do have teams on by, so that opens up some big question marks at times about uh, which skill players you're going to roll in your rosters and uh, we'll talk about some of the lines as well. Uh, let's see if there are any wagers that George is a fan of this week. And we'll start. Uh, we'll start here, and then uh, obviously have a break coming up, and we'll pick up uh, the Detroit and Chicago game to finish it off. After that, uh, you see the Chicago uh, Bears here. You see the Chicago Bears here as you know a team that's sort of finding their way at five and three. They're three and one at home. It's uh, an over under I'm seeing right now at forty four. So a low-scoring game projected here uh, between these two squads. Actually, I'm seeing yeah, 44. It dropped from 46 and a half. Uh, you get Allen Robinson back, George, for Chicago. He hasn't been great. You know, I know he's been out for a few weeks with the, the groin injury. Uh, you have uh, Gabriel there as a burner against the slower Detroit secondary, but this game kind of. I want to enjoy it. I want to enjoy like that NFC North sort of smash mouth football, but I don't know what we're going to get in this one. How do you see this one breaking down?
1: Last week, Stafford was sacked 10 times. Yes, sir. 10. Damn. Khalil Max back this week. He's going to be licking his chops at this offensive line, how poorly they played last week. No, it's not going to happen again. 10 sacks. Not this year, I wouldn't think. But... uh. Man, uh, it seems like the uh, Lions missed Golden Tate. You know that little safety valve over the middle. You don't have a tight end. You really uh, throw the ball to there. Minnesota's able to shut down the run game. We carried on Johnson last week. Chicago might be able to do the same, same damn thing. Uh, so this could be another ugly game for Detroit in Chicago. But you know, hey, past stats tell us I think Detroit's won nine of the last ten meetings from these, between these two teams. Now I know Chicago's been a uh, pretty bad team over the last five years, but. Still, 9 of 10 tells you something uh, that maybe you should be taking the points here, take the plus seven. Uh, That being said, I think this is a sort of a low, low scoring game, 21 17. And TV wise, fantasy wise, betting wise, I'm probably not touching it.
0: We will uh, touch on a couple of things on this game, but a quick one to get through, not a ton of options uh, that you're really looking to roll out there. But we'll talk a little bit more about this after the break. You're listening to Fantasy Sports Day. Dan Strapper, George Kurtz, right here on Fantasy Sports Radio Network, FNTSY.
1: Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, 844- 84 fntsy That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source 24 hours a day.
0: Back here on Fantasy Sports Today, Dan Strapper, George Gertz with you for the next. Power and change, getting ready for Week 10 in the NFL, talking about uh, Detroit and Chicago. And uh, the one thing I just wanted to touch on here, you made mention of it, about um, Minnesota shutting down the run game last week. Even further, Theo Riddick came back, George, and, and really ate into to carry on Johnson's snap percentage. And I'm a, I'm a Theo Riddick fan. Uh, I actually called his high school football games in Central New Jersey many years ago. Um, so I've known... Uh, the running back for a while, but he is not necessarily a skilled runner. You mentioned Golden Tate maybe being missed. Do you see Riddick getting maybe even a bigger share of targets this week simply because it's a, a team that can eliminate the run? They'll probably be playing from behind, and Riddick, somebody that's out of the backfield can be that sort of safety valve for Matthew Stafford?
1: Well, he yeah, you said it right. That's exactly what I was going to go with there. He is sort of the, the Golden Tate replacement. That little guy, he's out of the backfield. Tate was over the middle. Short passes can get the ball to him. So, yes, he could be. I mean, we say this in preseason during draft time. The problem with Detroit running game is that they had somebody for everything. Johnson was your 20-20 to 20 guy. Blunt was your goal line guy, short yardage guy. Riddick is your cap, ball catcher out of the backfield. It's why it limited the damage that On Johnson was going to do. And now, not, the Lions can't play favorites here. They got to move the ball. You know that that ball can be moved by Riddick catching balls out of the flat, six, seven a game. You know, forty, fifty yards, whatever it might be. That's what they'll do. You know, good for the Lions, bad for fantasy. Uh, if you, if you, even if you own any of these guys, we don't expect on Johnson to get the touchdown. That's been proven all season long. Blunt has vultured those. Riddick's not going to get them. You know, yeah, he'll catch his share of balls, but the odds of getting into the end zone, probably not good. So, And Blunt gets the touchdown, but no yardage. So it's a problem all around. and carry on Johnson's questionable for this week also, so keep that in mind. So the running game, as far as fantasy is concerned, is a mess. Because really, what are you hoping for here? Double-digit points out of any of them. And, you, and even if he'd got that, it would be low double digits at that. You know, 10 to 12 points. It's unlikely anyone's going to get two touchdowns in a 120-yard game. That's the hard problem. The hard problem. None of them. Carry Johnson barely comes as a as a running back too. Everybody else is a running back three. Flex play at best.
0: It's uh, and they're so hell bent on being a running team. Like that. Like that's the thing that baffles me is that they are forcing. Uh, a, a, I use the term lightly just because it's overused. A gunslinger like Stafford, somebody who's been throwing the ball uh, his entire career, and they're trying to force themselves to be a run first team and against Minnesota and against the Bears, that's not going to work out very well. So, uh, does seem like a game. Uh, what's it? Minus seven, I think, is the spread you were talking about before. And, uh, the over under has dropped to 44. Implied total for the Chicago Bears. Um, uh, Bears, it came out naturally there. Didn't even uh, try to do the accent. 25.5, and, uh, Detroit is at 18.5 uh, here in this contest. So uh, one to keep an eye on. We move on to our next game. Saints and Bengals. A 54 over under. Looks like the Saints are favored here. Minus five and a half. But we get Drew Brees out of the dome and on the road. Haven't checked the weather in this game. But that is a concern. I think it's a legitimate concern life, career statistic that you can look back on. And I'm not one for really home road splits where we sort of get enamored by Ben Roethlisberger's numbers. But I do think there's a legitimate change here for the Saints when you go from the Dome uh, and their high-powered offense. You remember the the greatest show on turf back with the uh, St. Louis Rams. Uh, I think that this is a legitimate question here, George, and I'm posing it to you. Do you have some slight concerns here about this New Orleans team with such a focus on two players? Um, do you see any issues with their offense this week, or do you think it's business as usual and they will be just fine here at Cincinnati?
1: You know, certainly you would think, you said it really is a two-man team here. It's Kamara and Thomas. This is why uh, the Saints wanted Des Bryant so much to uh were- Spread it out a little bit. You know, Traquan Smith, eh, he's had a touchdown last week. Another touchdown uh, early in the season. But he hasn't had that big game, that consistency we've been waiting for. At least I've been waiting for. Waiting for sort of a Drake, Traquan Smith breakout game. Haven't seen that yet. I don't think it's coming Sunday either. Uh, as you're sort of hinting, if not all outs coming out and saying, New Orleans generally has problems on the road. A colder weather city in Cincinnati. Not that it's truly cold yet. I think I've heard the weather's not going to be pretty Tomorrow, uh, I don't think it's gonna be god awful, but it's not gonna be pretty either. So, and New Orleans history tells us they don't play as well outside of the dome, right? So all this, uh, Cincinnati's gonna go by, so maybe they will have had, uh, I guess, better, better uh, luck against uh, the Saints. I guess I'm trying to figure out a way that they could stop them. I don't know if they can. Under there, I think it's that good enough to stop them? No AJ Green tomorrow either. For Cincinnati, which is gonna hurt their offense here. Uh, I am somewhat concerned that eventually teams are going to. Try and take away. I, I, that's how I would. I mean, you th- either take away Thomas or Kamara. Generally, you can't take away two. Do the old Bill Belichick thing. Take away the team's best offensive weapon. Force them to adjust. You know, whether they think that's Thomas or Kamara. Take away one, force them. You know, to make all the plays of the other. I think you would need as uh, sort of a lockdown cornerback to do that. And Cincinnati doesn't have that. You know, yeah. you have a lockdown cornerback. You can go one-on-one with Thomas and then... You know, put all your efforts at the stopping Kamara and make Drew Brees use Ingram, use Jake Watson, use Ben Watson. Uh, that being said, I don't think Cincinnati has the uh, capabilities of doing that tomorrow. So I think since New Orleans will be OK, I don't think, I don't think they're going to score 50 points on mind you, but I think they'll be OK here. Cincinnati, I wonder how they adjust Dan, without A.J. Green. Mm-hmm. It's easy to say, oh, you know, old Tyler Boyd. He's going to be great. Well, well, No. Because now he goes gets the number one cornerback for the Saints. Not that they have a great cornerback, but now he's the focus of the defensive attention. Can John Ross now be Tyler Boyd? You know, he was an interesting pickup this week in a lot of fantasy leagues, including by me. And I took him to see what, what happens here. Giovanni Bernard might be back. Are they just going to try and run the ball, keep New Orleans off the field? And that's how they'll adjust without having AJ Green. They'll become more of a running team. So I think Cincinnati's interesting here. Coming up with Bryce, seeing what they do. I went through with standings earlier, they're in the playoff race. This is an important game for them. Absolutely. So it's not like this is they don't this a team that doesn't care. So I'm curious to see what happens here, but in the end I think the Saints are just a better team.
0: Uh I agree with you. I do have some slight concerns for Breeze's overall numbers here. I don't think you're going to see, you know, so from a DFS perspective, I'm not really uh, in on Breeze. I think Thomas and and uh, Kamara, obviously, week over week are, are fine plays when it comes to uh, cash games or even the upside for GPPs to, to really blow it out of the water. Yes, I understand that in theory, if they both have big weeks, Drew Breeze should as well, but this has all the trappings of a 280-yard you know, outing for breeze with a couple of scores. And that could simply be between Kamara and Thomas, right? (laughs) Like then that could be it. Um, Maybe some sprinkle of a tight end in there as well. But um, from the Cincinnati side, you said it, I mean, AJ greens out, uh, Eifert's out. This is a team that doesn't have a ton of offensive options that you're really comfortable with. And and ones that you think are going to show up week over week. And to the point, you Boyd, and you, you, you nailed it. Yes, the the Saints secondary maybe isn't great, but now the focus is on Tyler Boyd. It's not him as a secondary receiver. Um, so I think John Ross is a, an interesting GBP play, trying to get some upside out of this game. I see this game going under. I don't see this game hitting a fifty-point total at all. You said it. I don't know that I'm comfortable taking an under when the Saints are playing. (laughs) So probably stay away from that from a wager perspective. But I do think uh, this is a game that may not have uh, the typical offensive firepower we get from the New Orleans Saints. But it's a playoff one, as uh, you said as well. So it should be a fun game to watch and and see what happens. Uh, Up next, Atlanta at Cleveland. It should be a fun one. I'm hoping it's a fun one. Um, I've enjoyed... Watching the Browns this year, I know this is sort of the time of season where uh, it could all unravel for them. I mean, legitimately just come crashing down around them uh, and lose out the the rest of the year. We talked about it last week about their schedule. This is obviously a tough matchup. uh, And it's a spread that's gone from minus three and a half in favor of the Falcons on the road to minus five and a half and over-under sitting at 50.5. Implied total for the Falcons has crept up to 28, while the Browns' total has dropped to 22.5. Some pieces in this game, obviously, to roll out there, but uh, who are some of your favorite? Do you think uh, it's a Matt Ryan week? Jones got into the end zone. Let's all celebrate on, like, a bubble screen that he had to take the rest of the way, but he did it. Uh, the national uh, nightmare is over. Well, what do you got here, George? Uh, who are some of your favorite pieces and, and who, who are anybody in this game that you'd actually sit because of uh, match matchup or or just thinking they're not going to have a good week?
1: Yeah, I guess we can stop uh, talking about that. And Julio Jones and get off the ledge. He was having a fantastic season anyway. So mm-hmm. I don't know if he could be complaining all that much. But at least, yes, he got to the end zone. So it's over. Uh, as far as weather, by the way, I'm uh, looking at the weather now. There are no weather games tomorrow. Uh, None throughout the NFL, so uh, you're not worried about it. The coldest weather game is in Green Bay. Shocking, I know. It's cold in Green Bay. Surprising. Uh, It'll be 30 degrees. uh, No precipitation, looks like anywhere here. And wind, well, once again, windy city bears uh, 15 miles an hour. Even that's not a huge problem there, so you're not looking at any weather problems. It'll be cool. You know, A lot of games are in the 30s. But no uh, no precipitation, doesn't look like anything we should be worried about as far as weather it's concerned. So we'll get that out of the way, including in Cleveland, where it'll be 36 degrees with winds coming out of the south-southwest at 10 <laughs> miles an hour. Uh, so there, there you go for you tomorrow. Falcons have, uh, they look like a dangerous team all of a sudden again, and they're getting healthier. You know, it looks like Deion Jones could be back. Next week, maybe the week after, at the very latest, uh, they signed Bruce Irvin this week. The, the Raiders released, uh, so the Falcons are getting healthier. And I say that I mean that on defense. It's where they need to get healthy. Uh, so if they can be, be that team again, once again, they're four and four. You know, so they're right back in this hunt now in the uh, in the NFC as far as a wild card. I don't think they're going to catch New Orleans for a division title. They're three games behind, but you know they're not out of it as far as the playoff spot's concerned. Not in the least. They go. They got some work to do. But I think they're uh, I think they're feeling it now. You know they know they got a good stretch here. You're playing Cleveland, the team you should beat. Is there anybody on Atlanta? I'm not starting. I mean, you would have asked me this before last week, and this is just fantasy for you. I did st- I had Tevin Coleman in one league. Didn't start him. Once again, playing the uh, playing the Redskins. Redskins were good against the run. You know, good defense. Didn't see. Uh, Really, Matt Ryan and company coming in there and just lighting that team up and moving up and down the field basically with ease in that game. You know, I don't know if that was more on Washington playing a poor game or Atlanta being hot. You know, so you're starting Tevin Coleman. Yeah, I Edo Smith. I guess that's the one guy we can talk about. Maybe mm-hmm. you don't start. It comes down to what else you have in your roster. He's a flex play for you. Orson Hooper's the top twelve tight end. Granted, he's much closer to twelve than he is to six, but he's still in you know, your top twelve. You're starting Julio Jones, of course. I can't see how you're not starting Calvin Ridley. Sanu, I'm starting him as well in most leagues. Once again, with the bye weeks, I assume you can't do better than him. Maybe you can. Maybe you only start two wide receivers in your league. But assuming you don't, I think I think they're all a play here. Ryan, I had an interesting question this week, Dan. And uh, probably a Slack child for auto experts. Uh, could have been my Twitter as well. I don't remember. Trade. Would you trade Tom Brady for Matt Ryan? Straight up. Rest of the season. Would you would you make this deal? Now, I know it's unfair to ask you this. You didn't do the research. I did. <laughs> well, I uh, going to say unfair because I hate Tom
0: Brady, but that's fine.
1: Wow, that, that's a little harsh, too. Uh, now, New England has a bye next week. And then the first thing I look at, I knew they had the bye. But the first thing I look at was the playoff schedule, mm-hmm. fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, 15, 16, which is really about even for both players. So I guess the question I'll ask you is, knowing that the playoff schedule is about even, so that's not, there's not a tiebreaker there, he uh, the, the questioner didn't mention if he needs to win. Because if you need to win, well, then you make the deal because you need the – uh when Brady's on buy, you you'd need you have Matt Ryan. Right. So he'd be, he'd be solid there. So it's an easy deal if you need that. But he didn't mention that or she didn't mention that. So with the, without knowing that, just straight up, knowing playoff schedule is even. Yes, there is a buy problem, but that may not have mattered. This may have just been a playoff question. Would you trade in fantasy Brady for Ryan?
0: I, I think I do. I, I'm – I'm growing concerned about Gronkowski and I'm growing concerned about this offense. I I, listen, I think the Pats are going to put up points and I think they're going to win more games than they lose the rest of the season. They'll make the playoffs and they'll probably go on another run. But I just think that the way this Falcons offense is playing right now is going to continue to be dynamic. And the options here, uh, I think are a little bit stronger than what Brady's playing with. And yes, I know Tom Brady, does what he does each week and he defies the odds and all of the great things that uh, every ana- analyst says about him. Uh, but I do think this is a, a, a Falcons offense that's just going to get better. And I think Ryan's in that sort of zone right now. I think he's going to have a huge week this week. Uh, reading uh, Evan Silva's col- column over there on uh, Roto World, uh, a great, great point about this Browns defense has uh, is on pace, George to play 1,156 defensive snaps, most by any team since the 1999 expansion. They're tired. They're, like, they're, they're a team that the the offense isn't on the field enough, the defense is out there a ton, and, and I think that Matt Ryan's going to have a huge, huge week. Um, listen, uh, getting Brady, you know, trading away Tom Brady's never something that you feel great about just because he is so dynamic uh, in his own right that he can go out any week and, for 400 yards to 10 different receivers, and even if Gronkowski's not there. But I do have concerns that his best weapons aren't 100%, uh, and I do think that uh, Matt Ryan has some gigantic upside this week and the rest of the year. Uh, what about Jarvis Landry in this game on the other side for Cleveland? This is a guy who has a, a bit of a, a rough go in the past three or four weeks. Uh, the slot should be be pretty open here against Atlanta. They struggle, obviously, on defense. Do you like these wide receivers or even some David Njuko for Cleveland, or are you staying away and thinking that this offense is just going to struggle for the rest of the year?
1: Well, I think it comes down to Cleveland. You know, I like the pieces they have. I do. I think they, it needs to come together. Not shocking with the rookie quarterback. Not shocking at all. But I like their pieces. You know, I like Mayfield. I like Chubb. I like Najoku. You know, Landry there. Uh, you need that, ex- that next piece now. So I think they'll... I'm surprised when you told me that stat. I wouldn't realize that. That they've struggled that badly. Especially with other Cleveland teams in the past. Uh, I would have thought they would have been better here. I truly would have. Not even trying to be funny there. I, I would have thought they would have been a better uh, <laughs> See, that's how funny you team.
0: are. When, you, when you're not even trying. It just right, happens naturally. That
1: must be it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. That, that stat is actually uh, one that... Once I said, uh, I'm. I am surprised because I, I do like the pieces here. Mm-hmm. You're gonna struggle with the rookie quarterback at times. We've seen that. You know, uh, last week they uh, incorporated Duke Johnson into the fold. Right, all of a sudden he showed up this season. Maybe, maybe it was a change from Todd Haley. Whatever it might be, all of a sudden Duke Johnson became playable again. Mm-hmm. I think the only thing that's is truly missing now is. Another one outside receiver. I'm not so sure Callaway's that guy. You know, he's had moments at times this season, but also drops some big passes. So I think that's what they need here. I think this is a team that will grow together. It wasn't going to happen this year. The schedule now, I believe, for them. I don't believe. I know it is. It's 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 brutal. Yep. You know, they're going to have some problems. I don't know if they win a game the rest of the season. I don't. You know, I think, uh, or if they do, it'll be you know the over under for more uh, the wins the rest of the season for Cleveland's probably two. You know that's that's all they'll get here. They've improved, good for them. Uh, but they, they this team still has a lot of work to do. You know you made the coaching change already, which probably should have made the you should probably should have made the off season. So good for them. But uh, I think they're in, you know, I think they're going to continue to struggle somewhat. You know I I, uh, I think that's almost a lock here. I think Land is going to score tomorrow. I don't know about, about at will, but it's going to make Cleveland one dimensional. You know it's going to take Chubb out of the game because they're going to need to throw the ball. And I don't, that's still not what Cleveland's going to be good at because, hey, you don't have that outside receiver. Good game for Landry, though. Yep.
0: I think Landry's going to be a big piece of my DFS lineups this week. Uh, still have to do some lineup construction, but uh, do like the matchup and uh, may take a little bit of a game stack here. Uh, no tainted love here. Perfect love here on Fantasy Sports Day. Dan Trapper, George Kurtz coming back after this break. You're listening to Fantasy Sports Radio Network. And Stratford, George Kurtz back here on Fantasy Sports today, talking through Week 10, game by game, finding the best matchups uh, for your season-long teams, talking a little bit of daily fantasy sports as we make our way through as well. Uh, Typically, in the final segment of the show, uh, we make sure to go through our favorite plays from daily fantasy, and we are talking some wagering along the way as well. Uh, We'll get some of George's picks as we talk through uh, don't forget we'll open up the phone lines in uh, the second segment of hour number two. So about uh, let's say 40 minutes or so from now. And that uh, phone number is 844-843-6879. Plug it into your phone, save it, get ready to call uh, around uh, nine twenty this morning. And uh, you can always f- find us over on Twitter at FNTSY radio. And it's at, at Dan Strafford at George Kurtz uh, already heard from uh, Steve this morning, as well as Kenny, who said he will call in as well. Uh, so, uh Good morning to both of them and to everybody else listening here on FNTSY. Uh, George continuing on uh, in our matchup breakdown, going game by game. Uh, Let's see what game, what do we want to go to next? Let's go to Patriots and Titans. Minus seven in favor of the Pats, 47 over under from the last I saw. Uh, This is a game that the Titans need, uh, obviously, trying to stay uh, ahead of the the pace here uh, for a playoff run. Uh, This is a Titans team. I'm still not sure how they've won four games on the year, but uh, here we are. Uh, What do you like here? Do you see this as a big Tom Brady game, or or do you see this as more of a low-scoring defensive battle uh, with these two squads?
1: It's an interesting game. I mean, Mike Vrabel, the coach of uh, Tennessee, he's really not part of the Bill Belichick coaching tree, but he played for Belichick forever. And uh, when you look at that tree, that tree is 3-1 and one against Belichick in the first year that they play against them. So, there's something to think about there, you know, if you're on a betting line. Tennessee is also coming off a big road win against Dallas on Monday night. Hard to see how this could be a, a letdown game. But once again, big road win Monday night. Dallas puts you back in the playoff picture. Now you're going to play New England, short week, but at home. So, that's a curious I'm very curious. We saw Monday night Mariota look good, right? He looked good against the Cowboys uh, with the the RPOs, running, throwing, probably the best throwing game he's had all season. Right? He was finding his receivers. Uh, and so has he made, he's recovered from the elbow. I truly believe that. But he's now made that where it's finally midseason for him, where he looks like he's in midseason form here. So make sure you wonder, because he's going to have to throw the ball in this game. You know, I don't. Uh, I think Bill Belichick's going to make him throw the ball. They're going to try and keep him in the pocket and make him throw the ball. Keep him not, not wanting to let him run. That's generally what Belichick will do. Take away your best weapon. I think he might believe that's keeping uh, Mariota in the pocket and keeping Dion Lewis in check. So uh, curious to see how that works out there. I don't trust this Tennessee offense. I just it's hard to trust it. I mean, there's really no playmakers there. Corey Davis has had, what, two nice games other than that, and he's been invisible this season. I think Belichick will make sure to keep him in check. I don't know how, how, much, how long you can rely on Deion Lewis to move the offense uh, because, uh, with passes out of the flat over and over and over again. That's tough to do. Although, New England's defense is old and slow, so maybe Deion Lewis can take advantage of that. So I'm curious as far as Tennessee's point, but I don't see a lot of points coming their way here, and that's my issue you know, I think the max that can score is 21 to 24. And I just think Brady gets more than that. You know, I think Tennessee is a very good defense at home. Be tough for Brady. And, you know, when I brought up that question to you earlier about Brady for Ryan, I would have done the trade as well. I would have taken Ryan. Brady has not looked like Brady. Is it all him? Is it the injuries? You know, I wonder in this game from New England. And I am a Gronk owner in one league and I'm regretting it badly I never take the tight ends early I had extra picks in that league so I spent an early pick on Gronk and I'm certainly wishing I didn't but as a Gronk owner sit him sit him tomorrow they have bye week next week he gets almost a month off since he sat last week sit him let's see if we can get him healthy for the playoff run here so I think if you're a Gronk owner, that's what you want rather than he plays tomorrow and you get another ho-hum four catches 38 right. yards you right. know, get him, let him sit him, get him healthy, see if he can be healthy for, uh, you know, week 12, 13, into the playoffs here. So I wonder if that's what they do here. Edelman is going to play tomorrow. He was taking off the report. Uh, I think Sonny Michelle will play. Uh, but it's still a banged up team here. I just, I'm not in love with this offense like I once was. That's the bottom line here.
0: It's, uh, it's cr- crazy to see uh, Patterson was moved to running back eligibility, I believe on a couple of different sites. I know ESPN uh, said that they moved him uh, to have running back eligibility and now, uh, you should have Michelle back. Uh, he's been dealing with the knee issues. Not exactly sure how many snaps or touches he'll get. Uh, James White, week over week, has been obviously a very effective uh, pass catcher and running back for the Pats. But this is a game. I agree with you. I'm 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 not really sure how it's all going to come to break down. But Josh Gordon, I guess, is the big question mark for me here. It would seem. You know, there are a lot of narratives in this game between variable uh, Deion Lewis, obviously, former Patriot. Uh, you have Josh Gordon most likely going up here against Malcolm Butler. And there's the whole narrative there with Butler. And uh, But even further than the narrative, George, is he's been bad. <laughs> like he's, he's not had a good season. Uh, this could be a huge day for Josh Gordon if, if Tom Brady's looking that way, especially if Gronkowski is out. You would think that, that burgeoning uh, love story of Brady and Gordon will continue to move forward. Do you see Josh Gordon finishing the week as a, a top, you know, top ten wide receiver uh, in this matchup with Malcolm Butler and the Tennessee Titans?
1: Well, he's certainly a start. You know, there's I, I, going to be a wide receiver one this uh, this week. We I mean, did a lot of good wide receivers this week. It's always tough to tell, but he's certainly a start. You know, if you if you want to ask me, does he does he make it wide receiver one? Uh, I'll say no. Just because there's a lot of good wide receivers out there, I'll, I'll play the field here against uh, Josh Gordon. But uh, that's not the thing. I would start him. I would. You know, I, I have him ranked at uh, 16. So I have him ranked what uh, a, a low end, uh, a low end wide receiver two, high end wide receiver two. So I think he's gonna have a good game. You mentioned it. The de- Titans' defense is funny. They probably don't, the Irish fan probably can't name you one player on that defense. Probably not one. But it's a good overall defense. It's a right. solid overall defense. They're solid against the run, solid against the pass. They just, they just don't have that Khalil Mack, you know, that, that player you, you know about, that you've heard of. That's going to wreak havoc there. They play well as a team, which, once again, not all that surprising for a Mike Fabrell team. So I like what they could do here. You're right about Malcolm Gordon, who I don't think we'll ever know what happened in the Super Bowl last year truly why Belichick sat him, but it's probably the reason they lost that Super Bowl. Uh, so I mean, uh, I'll always wonder about that. But he hasn't been, hes really never was a lockdown corner. At one point he was a good corner, but he may have been a system corner, a Bill Belichick corner. Maybe that's why Bill didn't care about letting him go. And you're seeing with Tennessee that he's not someone you can just put out there on an island all by himself and he's going to lock someone down. If they don't give him help against Gordon, Gordon will be, he'll forget top ten, he'll be top five.
0: Right. And uh, I appreciate you saying uh, Butler a system quarterback because Tom Brady's a system quarterback. That's for you, Joe. Joe of P out there in the world. Um one of my favorite jokes is to say Tom Brady's a system quarterback and get Patriots fans very angry with me. It's so much fun, George, each and every time I do it. Anyway, um, I know he's good. I get it. He's my Michael Jordan. That's, Glad I can help. He, he's my Michael Jordan at this point, George. Like it's it, you ha- I respect him. I watched him win. And I despise him with every fiber of my being. So um, <laughs> that's how I feel about Tom Brady, especially living in Massachusetts. I have to hear all the time about TB12, TB12. He's the greatest man in the world. Look at him. Uh, whatever. Uh, let's continue on here. I'm not angry. I promise. Uh, let's continue on. I sound
1: fine.
0: <laughs> I sound like a f- completely well-adjusted. Thirty-seven-year-old man. Uh, let's go to Miami. No professional
1: help needed here at all?
0: No, no. If uh, if any professional help is listening, feel free to call in during your second segment. Uh, Miami at Green Bay. Uh, listen, Miami's not a good team. I, I I don't know how we're at a point in the year where uh, we can still talk about them uh, and and being. You know, in the mix, uh, I guess you could say, uh, when it comes to what the rest of the season uh, will unfold. They're 5-4, and four, but they've started Brock Osweiler. <laughs> like, I I don't get this team at all. They haven't used their running backs anyway, that, and I get it. They're winning games, so who the hell am I to say? But uh, the running back situation has been really strange there. Um, you have uh, some wide receivers who have stepped up week over week, but no one who's been overly consistent injuries there. And this is a a matchup that has some upside. But do you you see anything here uh, that would make you feel like Miami's in for a a decent week, or or do you see this as a a Green Bay walk in the park and and get off the field as uh, soon as he can with a big lead?
1: Well, Miami's not a good team. You're right. I know their record says they're five and four, and Bill Parcells can go back. You are what your record says you are. Blah blah blah. This is not a good team. They've beaten the Jets twice. Oakland ones. There's three or five wins. True, the only impressive win they have is the win over Chicago. I know they beat Tennessee, but that was in that screwed up week one game that took eight hours. You know, with all the all the delays. The game started at one, ended at eight eight thirty, I think it ended at. The end of that. Yep. Barely ended before the, uh, the night game. So uh, no, I think this if I'm a Dolphin fan, I'm actually ticked off. Because they've they've won enough games now where they're not gonna get a good draft pick, I means you're not gonna get any better next year and this team has more holes than Swiss cheese. They have a lot of they have a lot of issues in Miami to say the least. That being said Green Bay's not good enough to just throw your helmet on the field and beat anybody. You know, they're not. Uh, They have issues all over the place, too. Uh, You go to Miami. Osweiler, all right, looks like uh, he had a a nice game or two, and now it's back to being. He's Brock Osweiler. Threw for 139 yards last week in that uh, win against the Jets. No touchdowns against the Jets. The only touchdown in that game was a defensive touchdown for Miami. You know, so uh, yay. Uh, No, he can't win you a game. Uh, The running game, we know, has been... They need to free Kenyon Drake. All, I have all the respect in the world for Frank Gore. All the respect in the world for Frank Gore. Hall of Famer. Come on. You know, Kenyon Drake is the guy who can make plays happen. I understand he's had, he's had some issues this year, but you got to get him the ball. you got to get the ball in the passing game at Devontae Parker. You know, you didn't trade him at the deadline. He had the one big game immediately after, and then last week was, you know, invisible again. You know, so you need to get the ball in his hands there. But once again, Miami offense... Where are the playmakers? It's Drake, Parker, that's it. And, and this is not Thomas and Kamara. <laughs> when New Orleans can survive with just those two, right? I mean, it's a little different. A little different. Not that you don't have Drew Brees either. So they have some issues there. Green Bay has issues all over the place. I mean, Rodgers is healthier, but not healthy. Uh, McCarthy has to go. I'm certainly on board with that mm-hmm. and They've wasted a lot of, of most of Rodgers' career with Mike McCarthy, not a very good play caller. Um, we saw Aaron Jones. Sort of finally got the starting job last week, and then he has the big fumble. Uh, and that fumble did really turn its tide in that game. Everything went downhill after that. Uh, he didn't play the next series, but did after that. So I think he's okay, and I want him to starting tomorrow. Miami's not very good against the run. So if you have Aaron Jones, I think you're starting him tomorrow. Once again, as always, you could have better options in your roster, but overall, you're starting Aaron Jones. But it's in the back of my mind that it's McCarthy. He did have that fumble. God forbid he should fumble early tomorrow. You'll never see him again. He'll be a milk, milk carton guy. That'll be, it'll be Jam- Jamal Williams for the rest of our lives. So that concerns me there. Randall Cobb's banged up. Uh, maybe you don't want to start him tomorrow. We'll see what his uh, status ends up being. Valdez Scantling, Scantling, listen, he's a solid number two. Mm-hmm. You really don't need to keep asking questions about him. He's a he's a big play threat. Can get down the field. We know Devontae Adams has a a, a large share of a defensive attention, so a lot of one on one for MVS. You're starting him. He's at, I haven't ranked uh, as a wide receiver two. He's certainly no worse than a wide receiver three. So people are asking questions over and over again. You're starting him unless you, unless you have better options. Unless you have a better uh, guys who are other wide receiver twos, ones, or better threes. You're starting MVS. Really, no reason to worry there.
0: Uh pretty, uh, pretty uh, big fan of MVS this week and what he's been doing on the year. Uh, talked uh, at length uh, in a... You, you mentioned the Roto uh, Expert Slack chat. I have a Slack chat at my day job that just a- added a fantasy football channel, which has definitely uh, reduced my work output on a daily basis. But uh, we talked a lot about MVS in there and I was pushing a couple of the coworkers to, to go pick him up uh, for this week specifically. I, this... Feels like a gigantic week for Aaron Jones. If if it doesn't happen this week, to your point, if he fumbles again, misses a uh, you know offensive assignment, a blocking assignment, whatever it might be, and McCarthy decides to. To make him disappear, this seems like a spot for Jones to have a gigantic week. So again, DFS-wise, or or if I'm playing season long, he is definitely out there for me uh, and somebody that I I will try to get uh, in my lineups from Daily Fantasy just because I I think this is a spot where he can have an absolutely huge week against the uh, rush on the year Miami's middling uh, when it comes to Football Outsiders DVOA. He ranks 17th, but uh, over the past six games, uh, they've just struggled against the run. So I'm, I'm a big fan here uh, of Aaron Jones and uh, uh, Valdis uh, Scantling. I think we'll have a, a good week as well. Uh, I don't know what to make of Kenyon Drake. Um, the more I read, he missed uh, a, a blitz pickup last week that led to a sack, and then the week before, the same. And they seem to be very much still running him out there, which is great to, to pass protect, but... It's just a a situation where the touches and and the snaps are are not consistent. So um, hope to see that change, uh, but don't know exactly what we're going to get week over week uh, when it comes to uh, Miami and and their run game. Uh, A few more games to go here. We will go through the fours and uh, the Sunday night game as well uh, to make sure we're breaking down each and every one. Don't forget, uh, coming up in the next uh, hour, Segment number two, uh, we will open up the phone lines. You can always find us on Twitter as well, at FNTSY Radio. Any questions you have, uh, and then uh, go from there. And, uh, of course, uh, don't forget the phone number is 844-843-6879. We'll start uh, talking about our next game up and uh, let it uh, spill over uh, to our number two. Make sure we break it down in full uh, and get you guys uh, all the information you need for game the Jacksonville Jaguars versus the Indianapolis Colts. I'm starting to like this Colts team, George. I'm starting to like what uh, Frank Reich's doing. I Obviously, Andrew Luck seems to be healthier, um, and uh, they're throwing the ball a ton. Uh, this is a, a matchup, obviously, that uh, the Jacksonville secondary can be pretty good. Um, uh, not breaking any news there. What, what do you got here? Is this a, a big week for Andrew Luck, or do you see this as... Um, some potential downside against this Jaguars D.
1: Well, what, Jags, what Jaguars team shows up at the bar last, uh, last week? I mean, really, this team's been sort of team turmoil. Been fighting with each other, fighting with everybody. Uh, season's gone, well, downhill, right? Hasn't been anywhere near what we expected from the Jacksonville the Jaguars. Uh, they're playing... If they believe they're in the playoff race, they're 3-5. and five. This is a, a must win. You can't go 3-6. and six. You'll be last place in your division. Uh, you can say the same thing for the Colts. They're also 3-5. and five. So likely as far as, in reality, they're probably both out. But I'm sure both teams believe if they win, they're in. If, they're out, if they lose, they're out. So there's going to be an interesting game here. I don't know which team shows up uh, for Jacksonville. I truly don't. Uh, this is a team that's really, we should have made the change in the offseason from Blake Bortles. You know, but they they threw all their chits behind him, and it's it's blown up on them. Not that it's all been his fault, but he's a big part of the problem. He's just way too inconsistent. You have no idea what you're going to get game in and game out from Bortles. They should be able to move the ball against this Colts defense. Colts defense is not very good, not very good at all, but they're playing right now. You know, what's that old saying about playing better than the sum of your parts? You know, which is really what it is. Individually, they're terrible. Together, they're playing well. It's at home. I don't know what to expect from Jacksonville. Leonard Fournette returns in this game. Has that really been the biggest problem is not having Fournette you know Yeldon was okay you brought Carlos Hyde you know so I don't know was, I don't know what to think here you know the Jacksonville's been a uh, you know a quagmire anyway uh, in fantasy because well, which wide receiver were you banking on was it a Westbrook game a Moncrief game a Cole game you, know, you didn't know where to go there uh, and they don't I don't think they know where to go either they got to have the problem here so this game's interesting we'll talk about it more after the break uh, Dan but for Jacksonville side I'm starting Fournette. I don't think I have a choice. He's back. Outside of that, there's no one else here. I'm dying to get to my lineup.
0: As George said, on the other side of this break, we'll continue breaking down the Colts and Jaguars. We'll go through the rest of the schedule as well and do some DFS and wagering talk as we go through. Don't forget the phones are open as well, right here on Fantasy Sports Today.